Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. Welcome at the table with Darlene. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We have such an exciting uh, podcast lined up, and we are very thankful that you are listening. Uh, we welcome you no matter where you're from or what time of the day it is, and we are glad that you are listening. Our listeners, we do not take that for granted at all. Well, today we have uh, sitting next to me, which is really unusual, Chris, because always sitting it's by my right hand man this is your right hand actually he's my left hand man your left hand man my left today yeah. i'm across the table man yeah, yeah. we yeah. can play footsie it's okay there you, okay you guys behave <laughs> because jessica's not here that's the only time when he's here he doesn't get to sit by yeah. you but today you have a very special guest sitting by you but first i want to honor my husband and say Daryl, it's good that you're here today, and I know you're excited, especially about today's program. I'm very excited, and I'm so glad to be here today and excited about our guest that we will be introducing in just a moment. And it's also really good to have uh, Chris's uncle, and I know Chris will introduce him properly in just a moment, but uh, we're so glad to have our visitor from the, st the great state of Texas, Fort Worth, Texas. And I will be in Texas in four days. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, We'll have to wave at each other because we're going to be just a few miles apart. We're going to be up in Frisco, Texas, and you're probably directly west of that. Yes, sir. And so uh, we will uh, we'll wave at you as we land at Love Field. So <laughs> that sounds good. And yeah, it's my uncle Kevin. It's one of my best friends and spiritual mentors and life mentors and everything else. So it's been nice having him here, and he's been we put him to work. So. Yeah. yeah, that's an exciting yeah, journey. That could be a podcast all itself. Oh, that's, it could be. Yeah, it's really that's a crazy journey. Our journey, our story is crazy. Yes, it's yeah. beautiful, and what God is doing. But this is this is Chris Norman, Chris, by the way. We didn't introduce him. Oh, Chris, he's Chris a Norman. regular. Yeah, yeah our eighty-one producer. episodes. Been here. Yeah. How many one. episodes? Uh, all but one. So I've been here eighty episodes. This is our eighty-first. Yes, and it's Amazing. going everywhere around the world. According to last week or a couple of weeks ago, you told us that. 40, it, it's 40 going countries. in how many countries? 40 countries. Yeah. That only God could do that. Yep. Yeah, Amen. amazing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we're so thankful, though. Today, uh, we had a young lady on a few weeks ago, and her name was Kyra, and such a beautiful young lady from Israel, and we enjoyed talking to her about the ministries that she was involved in, and, and it's so exciting, the women that she's ministering to. And I can't wait to get her back on because uh, she's been having a really special time these last few weeks when Israel was having uh, difficulties going on and Kyra was able to minister even more to the women of the street. But today, the man that uh, fathered her and raised her, we have the privilege of having Michael with us today. Michael Karam, is that correct? And we are yes. so glad that you're with us, Michael. Welcome all the way from Israel. Tel Aviv. We're Thank so you so much. Yeah, it's an honor for me to be with you as well. We are excited to just get to know you a little bit uh, this morning by phone and uh, find out a little bit about what is going on in your life. But before we talk a little bit, I have been told by someone that's really close to me that knows your daughter and has met you and says you have the most compassionate eyes that they ever met in a person. <laughs> and because they asked me, have you ever met him or seen him? I said, no, and Kyra's only been, you know, by phone. 
But uh, this young man was so uh, moved by the intenseness and compassion that you have in your eyes, and what a testimony that is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but I want to hear the story from you because I heard a little bit from your daughter. But it's such an intriguing story about you and your wife and how you met. Will you just tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so I was um, serving the Lord in um, in Turkey. I actually um, was born in the in in the states in um, in California and grew up just a secular um, Jewish family, kind of mixed as well. And um, when I came to faith, like many Jewish people who come to faith, we kind of want to test everything to its most extreme level. You know, if it doesn't work everywhere in the most <laughs> difficult place and oh, that's awesome. the yes. deepest place. So we, we tend to, you know, want to just push borders wherever we are. And especially when we come to faith, it's something that kind of really grabs a hold of us in a, in a very unusual way. That's the only thing I can really, way I can describe it. So I had a sensed a real call for the Muslim world um, after completing university and graduate school and uh, ended up um, ended up in Turkey. It's a kind of a in, in long story, but uh, at first I was in India and then some time actually in Europe among Muslims, and then I ended up in Turkey. And uh, I was just uh, serving in a on a on a team with actually a an organization that's probably more well known in in Europe than it is in the United States. It's called Operation Mobilization. Hmm. And uh, I I was I was actually just learning Turkish. I was um, teaching and and coaching. My tent making profession has been uh, mostly to do with sports. But um, uh, I would often I was very involved with the Jewish community in Istanbul, uh, and uh, it was it was a very it was a very, it was actually a really good education for me, and because it's a totally different community than would be like in the United States, it's a Sephardic community. They're Jews that were expelled from Spain and then received into the Ottoman Empire after the Inquisition in 1492. So they've been in Turkey for you know nearly oh, over 500 years. Mm. So one of the, one of the um, the ladies in the fellowship actually was from was Jewish and. Um, she was a bit like the Corey Ten Boom, I used to say, of Turkey. She was an ama- mm. had an amazing testimony and story and uh, was in her later years of her life. And I would go and we would pray together for the Jews in Istanbul. And, and uh, then we, you know, in those days, you didn't just pray. You, then we, after we prayed, we would then go out and visit all her friends and relatives and share the Lord with them. Mm. So uh, this, but this particular time was a bit unusual because she said to me, um, I really feel... Like um, we're supposed to pray for the young people in the fellowship that are not married, and so I said to her, I said, "Well, you know, it's interesting you should say that because there's a young woman uh, in the in, was in the fellowship, and I actually on my way to her house, I ran into her, and I knew that she was getting in in the, in that culture, she was getting along in years to be married." And uh, so I said to her, I said to this woman, I said, you know, her name was Alona. I said, Alona, we need to pray for uh, for this young Turkish-Armenian woman named Elise. I know she's, you know, been a believer for a while and she's not married. And that must be very difficult for her family. I had no idea how difficult it was for her family and for her. But anyway, uh, it, she had said no to so many proposals that they were they were desperate. They were they were, you know, they just wanted her to get married and. The, her father was threatening to go to the grave a sad man if her daughter wasn't married. I didn't know all this, but uh, I found out later on. So 
Yeah, we were praying for her, and uh, as we were praying, uh, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but uh, um, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, "You're you're going to fulfill this prayer. You're going to be the husband." <laughs> and I I I did exactly what you're doing right now. I started laughing. That's because, awesome. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I was in an or uh, the organization that I was in had made had very strict rules about dating, and you had to commit for two years to no relationships, and you and if you were going to stay in the org if you're going to continue to serve you could not marry into the culture mm. because that would um that would put um the the foreign workers the foreigners who were there that could put them in danger oh, because sure. uh the turkish uh security apparatus viewed us as a threat to national security kind of like communists almost mm -hmm. and uh because the country is 99.8 percent muslim mm -hmm. uh, you know they saw anything that would change the the makeup in that way was a threat so they would, they would, you know, they torture their citizens to get information out of them. So we knew that, they, and it was a good rule that, you know, they shouldn't be marrying in because that put people in danger sure. on both sides, put her in danger and put the organization in danger. But also they just didn't want to take responsibility for, you know, a third culture change in marriage, you know, North America to the Middle East. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I had no idea what I was in for, basically, but uh, I... I had some good training and I knew whatever the Lord spoke he needed to confirm with a, at least a few confirmations but the two people that I checked with one was my small group leader from another program that I established a program and also the pastor of the small fellowship that was made up of Jews and Greeks and Armenians and Muslim background believers there in Istanbul they immediately said we were fasting and praying and the Lord spoke to us sovereignly that if you married Elise God would bless your marriage mm, so how uh i was kind of cornered at that point i wow. you know i didn't know what to do um i didn't really have a lot of turkish so my claim to fame in that situation is that in a traditional middle eastern society whether it's you know turkish christian or even jewish whatever it is in a traditional society uh muslim or jewish or or christian you, there's no dating really um, right. At that time, there was no dating. You, it's every marriage is a family agreement. It's an agreement between families, but usually the people have to talk to get their parents to come together. Right. So you don't really, yeah. <laughs> so you don't really ask someone out, propose secretly, and then you have intermediaries that go on your behalf and to her family and everything like that. So, I fasted and prayed for three days but my before I spoke to her but my big claim to fame in my life was I proposed to a translator oh wow <laughs> did you get down on one knee and and the typical American traditional way no I did not get down on one knee and how it happened was very unusual because I knew she was going to the pastor's house and I knew that if I got in trouble at least I could get some help translation wise <laughs> in what I was going to say so um, on the way there, I actually, I mean, I didn't know when she was going to be there. I just knew she, at some point during the day she was going to go there. And I had a Turkish class. So I was leaving my Turkish class. And uh, I, I, you know, I just, you know, I was kind of had this, I was almost like it's a big burden I was carrying. I had to get it, get rid of it. You know, I just had to do it before I changed my <laughs> mind. It was so, there was so much cost involved in all of this. So I left early and I went to get on a bus and it was way outside the city. It was about an hour bus ride and there's buses, you know, all over the place. Mm -hmm. You know, at that time, five million people today, 15 million. Wow. But when I got on the bus, I realized the bus was not completely full, which was good because I could, you know, get a seat. So I went to go sit down in a seat that I saw 
And when I sat down in the seat, I got a real shock because I looked over next to me and Elise was sitting on the bus. <laughs> wow. Out of all those buses. <laughs> Out of all those buses and all those people, people and everything. Oh and I, you know, it was almost like Humphrey Bogart and, you know, in Casablanca. Of all that the is awesome. In all the world, you know. That's hilarious. So, um, oh, wow. yeah, so that was kind of a confirmation as well. So I was trying to open the subject even on the bus, but she was not understanding anything. So we had to do it through translation. Oh, that is such a... It's such a God story. So how long have the two of you been married now? So we've been married um, over about 35 years. And, uh-huh. uh, and as I say, in communication is still a struggle. But that's not because of language. That's because, you know, we're men and women. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. no, we, <laughs> I'm sitting here with all these men, and they're, they're really quick to, yeah. They're, they're, Amen. <laughs> so your wife, your wife is actually from Istanbul, huh? She's from Istanbul. She's actually got a very unusual um, story herself. Um, she is the daughter of a Armenian genocide survivor. Oh, wow. yeah, her father wow, yeah. went through the Armenian yeah, genocide yeah. at age four. Mm. And uh, he didn't get married till quite late in life. And he married a woman that was quite a bit younger. So, you know, she came along quite late in his life. She was the last uh, daughter. But, um, well, yeah, I'd love no, to she, hear her story sometime. That would be so awesome, too. You know, we have been yeah. to Armenia several times and uh, to the memorial there for uh, uh, in okay. uh, actually in Yerevan where the uh, the memorial to the genocide. And it's quite it's quite disturbing. And it's, it seems to me like I just heard recently where America finally admitted uh, that it was uh, a genocide. Have you heard that? Because, yes, I because, think the, the current administration yes. finally uh, recognized the Armenian genocide as a as a genocide. It's which a was, real thing, yeah. A long time in coming. Yes. One of the real, one of the real unfortunate things is that Israel still has not recognized it. Is that right? And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because you know, in the Middle East, nobody likes to say that anybody else's suffering is worse than theirs. So mm-hmm. we kind of have feel like we have to have a corner on our own suffering. So it, it's it's a, it's a very embarrassing thing actually for us as a Jewish state to not recognize it, and it's something that comes up every often in the news and. We're not really sure. There's been bills that have come up to be passed in a way like the United States. They're kind of in a difficult neighborhood and they have enough enemies. And, you know, there's there's lots of political aspects to it, unfortunately, as well. Sure. Absolutely. We uh, we love, uh, you know, we have a, a friend of ours. My, actually, he's my cardiologist and he's from uh, Turkey slash Armenia and uh, mm. and uh, just a real sweetheart of a guy. And, and uh we have a great relationship because we fly the Armenian flag in front of our church, and uh, he's uh, oh. such a such a blessing to us. And but anyway, uh, that new airport at Istanbul is unbelievable. Have you been to the newest one? You know, I wish I could say I have, but after about twenty years of ministering back and forth from Israel to Turkey, I was uh, I was put on a uh, no entry blacklist. And oh so yeah, yeah. So, I understand. Um, yeah. So I'm a persona non grata in Turkey because of some of our work in different places in the country. Wow. Uh, so I haven't seen the new new one. I saw the one that was before that. Yes, yeah. it is probably the finest international airport we have ever seen yeah, in our gorgeous. in all of our travels. It is. I mean, it's like a city. I've, I heard it. I've heard it's quite something. Many people have flown through there and sent me videos and pictures and things to kind of you know let me know what I'm missing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So how long have you been in Tel Aviv? So we actually live in between Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, um, kind of on the, the, the freeway that goes up. Um, but, but we've been here in the country almost 30 years now. Okay, okay. 
Yeah. And what tell tell us a little bit, uh, Michael, about the ministry that you are involved in and what you and your wife uh, have been doing through these years and, and what you're doing right now. I know you yeah, just so got back our, on a trip. Yeah, no, so our, um, you know, we had a very unusual story in how we came to the country. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't really our plan. We were kind of really had a vision for Turkish and Kurdish speaking Muslims and then for that whole region of Syria, Iraq, Iran, when we first started out, and we started in the ancient city of Izmir. Um, but quickly after that, within almost two years, the Lord really redirected us to use Israel as a base to go into the Muslim world from here. Mm. Now, this had never been tried when we moved here, and we didn't really even know if it, it was going to work. I mean, you have a little light, and you have a little bit of, you know, a faith, and you have a little mm -hmm. bit of God's direction, but you know, you don't really know how it's going to work. And um, part of all of this was a scripture that um, a friend, uh, we were living, before we moved to Turkey, we were living in London for a season. We spent a couple years there and some in, in ministry with a church and a school and, and, and very international area and stuff. But um, we were part of an organization and we had a prayer meeting one day in London and we stepped out of the, the building and uh, one of the one of the young leaders came up to me and he said, you know, I read this scripture in Isaiah 19 and I, you, you've got to hear this. And I said, uh, okay, uh, what, what was it? He said, well, it's in Isaiah 19 and it talks about a highway from Egypt to Assyria with Israel in the middle that will be a blessing to the entire earth. And I said, wow, that is, that's really quite something. He said, yeah, you're Jewish. That's Israel. Your wife is Turkish Armenian, that's Assyria, and I'm going to Egypt. Let's wow. build a highway. That's and awesome. uh, I kinda, I, we, we kind of chuckled, but then when I look, started to look at the scripture, it became, in a sense, somewhat of a, a kind of a compass point for us as a family in what was going to happen, but we didn't know it when we saw it, and then we, we just started to continue to look at it and pray about it and kind of look at the context and you know, we really got sort of involved in this, and it became part of really the reason I believe that God led us to Israel was this this highway scripture. Not so much that we were going to fulfill the prophecy, as much as it became a bit of a framework for doing ministry in the Middle East. So we came, I mean, obviously we had an understanding of, you know, God's regathering of the Jewish people, but not as an end in itself to the, a strip of land on the eastern part of the Mediterranean. What we came to understand what God's calling on us as a people was to be a light to the nations. In fact, God's going to, that's how we're going to be judged as a nation. Have we been a light to mm, the nations? That's good. And, wow. you know, that, that, really, that really comes mm. out in Romans 9 through 11 very strongly. But it also comes out all through, you know, from Genesis to Revelation, that, that God has this purpose for the Jewish people that they will be a light to the nations. And really when the nations come into the, the, the promises and the covenants and, you know, the, every, uh, and the prophecies, you know, they join with the Jewish people in this plan of redemption that God has for all the nations. So, you know, in, in a way we started to see it almost upside down. You know, we said, wait a minute here. It's not really the, we don't really want to get the Jews to join the church. We want the nations to join the Jewish people. And uh, this is how a friend described it to me. And I said, you're absolutely right. That's the whole thing of Scripture. Because, you know, in the end of the day, when, you know, when they see their Messiah, it's going to be like life from the dead. And that this calling, this irrevocable calling 
from you know from Genesis 12 and the and the covenant and, mm-hmm. and that promise to Abraham, mm-hmm. you know through Isaiah to Isaiah 49:6, you know I'm going to make you a light to the nations, all the way to Revelation where he's going to bring all the nations together, you know before the throne. Right. You know it's it's a Jewish story in in many ways that becomes you know the rest of the nations Ephesians 2 that come in, and you know become this one new man. So we started to see the the Bible the you know the the even the land the people in a whole new way even the muslim nations because we realize that when as a jewish person you go and you share your faith with a muslim he's like wait a minute wait a minute mm-hmm. you're a jew you believe in Jewa. how did that happen you know and he said hey i can do that too powerful and, you know and so it started to open up all kinds of doors that you know we were we had really no idea, and, and and honestly, we did not know all these things until we sort of landed here, wow. and the Lord began to open up this prophetic promise to us in Isaiah 19, and show us that it was you know it was part of God's plan from Genesis to Revelation. So. By the way, that scripture reference is verses 23 and 24 in Isaiah 19. So hopefully, our listeners can go and, and read that. That's a powerful right, verse. right. Yes. Isaiah 19, yeah, Isaiah 19, 23 to 25. It's actually within the context. Of a, a a judgment on uh, on the Jew, uh, sorry, on Egypt, and it's almost the Exodus story in reverse, mm-hmm. uh, because the yes. the Egyptians are under cruel bondage, and then they cry out to the you know to the Lord, and He mm-hmm. sends them a deliverer and a <laughs> savior, so and then they join together with Israel and Assyria, blessing to that all. That is here. that is so that's powerful. Good. That's powerful. That's awesome. I mean, that's like an upside down uh, way of looking at it, Michael. That thank you. That's beautiful. Yeah. So so good. Mm-hmm. So when we came here, we had the scripture, but we didn't really know that anybody else knew about it. But when we got when we arrived in Israel, we started to meet people, he, not only from the Muslim world that knew about it and that come to faith, even uh, Arab Christians and everything, but people came from all over the world earth from korea from china from south america from africa i mean people were reading this scripture mm-hmm. and we realized that god was beginning to stir this up now obviously this scripture couldn't can't come to fulfillment until the jewish people are back in in their in their ancient homeland mm-hmm. so that's that's a key part of it and everything like that but it began to be a real drawing point for the nations uh for this and you know there's a way in which the you know the Genesis 17 story and Ishmael and and how God wants to bring Ishmael back into the house is a, is also a big part of this Isaiah 19 uh, story. Yeah, so. yeah, Michael, could you possibly tell our listeners, and I'm sure you've had plenty of experience with this in actually witnessing and winning a Muslim. How how what's the approach that you take, and and what would you recommend for us? Uh, on the proper way and the best way to witness to a to a Muslim. Well, here here's the thing, you know, um, a, a Muslim doesn't actually decide to be a Muslim. He's born a Muslim. Right. She's born a Muslim. Right. So it's not like a choice that we would make mm. in our life. Hey, I'm going to follow mm-hmm. Yeshua. I'm going to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't quite happen like that. So, and also the the Middle East is very much a corporate. Uh, society it's a it's a you know it's about your family it's about your tribe it's about your people it's about your nation you know it's not really I don't make individual choices so when they do make a, a choice it's a it's a life mm-hmm. it's yes. basically Dietrich yes. Bonhoeffer you know when a man when God bids a man to come he bids him to come and die 
and really they're going to lay down their lives yes. for, for this whole so they better know that this is the truth so when we when i'm sharing with a, a muslim one of the first things i do is i try to help them see that the god of the bible is not the god of the quran because this is really key because they'll try to convince yes. you that yes. it's all the same and you have to really say look no the character of god in the bible is not the character of god here because God is protecting his word in the Bible, and that's the question you're going to have to really get them to see, that this, this word is true. But more than that, you just want to, you want to sense, you want to provoke them to jealousy with your relationship with God, the access you have to God, the work that God's done, this relationship that Yeshua kind of brings to us with a father and a, and a son, and then he invites us all into. So there's a, there's a sense in which you want to give your testimony, you want to help them to see that these are two completely different things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you can remove offenses, you can answer questions, but God has to meet with them. Yes. You okay. know what I mean? They're going to have to see a dream. They're going to have to have an encounter. Mm -hmm. the, look, the man with an argument or the man with an experience is never at a mercy exactly. with a man with an argument. And That's so true. in the end of the day, they have got to experience something. You know, I have a really close friend, a Jewish believer that that um, that discipled me, and he he kind of does an, a very amazing teaching that I've kept for all these years on the whole Lazarus story about how Yeshua calls Lazarus out. Well, he tells his disciples to move the stone, and that's what we do. We remove offenses, yes. we that's answer good. questions, mm -hmm. we show them mm -hmm. hospitality, we give them love. We try to make as 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 low as possible, as simple as possible for them to encounter the Lord. But ultimately, it's the Lord's voice that calls Lazarus out of the grave. They've yes. got to have that encounter. Yes. And then we then do the discipleship. We take off the grave clothes. That's the next step. That's then he said to the disciples, go take off his grave clothes. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, you know, that's the disciples and pro discipleship process. So in a way that's it's a lot of times you have to it's a it's an issue. It's prayer, it's hospitality. And they come from a very much a strong community uh, uh, um, sort of worldview and existence. And so you can't just, you know, say, hey, I'll share the Lord with you and we'll see you in a week. No, right. no, you're going to have to have them house. You're going to have to show them that, you know, that this, this, this faith is community-based as well. And it's all about what we do together. It's not what I do alone. They have to see that. It's what you do together and not what you do alone that really counts wow. for them. Wow, that is so powerful. So, uh, yeah, so those are just a few of the things that we see. I've, I've actually, have a, there's more Muslims coming to faith right now than I've and I've ever yes. seen in my lifetime, and I think at any time in history. And part of that has to do with the reaction against what happened with Islamic State. There were that disillusioned many, many young Muslims, secular mm. or just you know non-believing or or just nominal Muslims. So there's more Muslims coming to faith right now than I've ever seen in at any time. And my my. My take on this is that many times they're searching for the God they don't know. In other words, their view of God is much higher than what they actually read in their book. And so they're actually they're actually longing to be to to have this God revealed before them, but they have to see it. They have to see it worked out in your life, in your marriage, in your home. This is key. You you they will not come unless they can get close. Mm -hmm. And they will expect to get close. <laughs> You know, so mm. it's it's that's, often a it's it's very different than what you would do in normally in a Western society. That's the way it should be in every society, uh, though. The way exactly that you're doing it, I mean, you're dealing with an extreme, but that extreme should be the way that we're doing it too. Normally, you're, naturally, yes. You're living a life, and you're living a miracle, and you're community, and, and, and they want to right. see that. And the way that we're doing it is so cold compared to that. 
That's yes. True. Right. Yeah. If they if they see there's too much, of, I mean, anybody's like this, and I think the younger generation would probably agree right now what's going on because we're we're now getting into a period where most people do not want to define their faith as having to sit in a building mm -hmm. for an hour on a, or two hours on a Sunday. That doesn't that doesn't make me you know mm -hmm. that right. doesn't do it for right. Me. I Absolutely. need more than that. And if the and if the words and if the the speaking or the verbiage is is too there's too much of a gap between that and what's really happening then people are going to walk away disillusioned. That's so true. I liked what you said, that your marriage needs to show it and, and the life, that you, they need to see it in your life, and then you have that community with them, and you're close enough to them for them to see that mm -hmm. that life. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It, yeah. That's, yeah, I, that's beautiful, Michael. Thank you so much uh, for sharing. Uh, I, I, I've enjoyed this for sure. Yeah. Uh, I want to, before, we got a few more minutes, and, and I'd like to uh, just ask you about what's been happening in Israel and how things are right now. If you have a few comments that you want to share with us, we would love to hear your perspective and what's going on. Yeah, right now, I mean, it's a very, <laughs> I mean, look, every day is, a, is, is an adventure and a full, a new, a, a, a day full of news, but you know, after this last season and the and the war with um, in Gaza and Hamas, there was something else that happened that really took the country by surprise, and that was the intercommunal violence that happened between the Jewish and Arab communities within Israel proper. I'm not talking about right. the, the Palestinian authorities of the West Bank or Gaza. The, the, these things flare up from time to time, and um, they you know they tend to come and go. But and they're another story. But one of the big issues was this intercommunal violence that we haven't seen. I mean, literally in, in 20 years, and probably mm -hmm. even longer than that, to this extreme. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it, many people were saying we've gone back, you know, 40 or 50 years. But you know, one thing that has happened in all of this, and I believe there, I'm going to say two significant things. One, on the spiritual level, is that Jewish and Arab believers, both Arab, those from the Arab background and those from the Messianic Jewish background, they've taken this opportunity to move into this gap hmm. and to pray and to, for the country to repent and to hmm. take opportunities to come together and to express our unity in Yeshua, that this is the hope for our nation. There's no hope outside of this. And hmm. this has really brought uh, the body together in a very unusual way. Just yesterday, uh, today's, today's Wednesday, actually on Monday, I was with 70 or 80 leaders for four hours. It was prayer, repentance, repentance, prayer, reading the scriptures, just mm -hmm. focusing on the unity we have in the Lord and how that repentance will heal our land. And so it was a it was a very powerful time to see the humility, to see the prayers of repentance, to see people take, you know, not not to take responsibility for things that they had done that created, you know, divisions even within the body. So that was a really wonderful time of, of just God. repentance and humility. The second thing I would say about all of this is that uh, we have a new government. And, yes, you uh, do. Yes. And that new government, uh, you know, I, you know, we don't have, you know, you, you, you need to limit your, your hope and your enthusiasm in a, in a, in a, in a natural government. But, but I would have to say, and this government is a fragile coalition at best, but it is a unity government. It is got people from all different sides of the spectrum. And, you know, I believe that gives us a mandate even in the spirit, 
to operate more in unity than than the previous government, which was creating huge divisions in the country. And actually, we didn't have a government. We didn't have a government for two years. So it, it's just wonderful to finally have, and also a very unexpected leader that I believe understands that there's a price to be paid for unity. There's a cost. He's already had to. Um, He's already had to pay some of that cost and some of the criticism that he's taken. Mm-hmm. Even he had to take, excuse me for saying it, he even had to take it from some evangelical leaders that spoke very, yes. very unwisely, very inappropriately. And uh, he took it with grace and he, mm. he took it from all sides, from the religious Jewish side, from the Muslim side, from the Arab side. I mean, he took it from it, but he's stuck to the path. He, um, I, I believe he's a man of integrity. Um, I believe he's a man that, you know, that can, can, hold this together i'm i'm i don't know how long i I don't know how much comes but that you know that that if 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 uh if righteousness you know can bless a nation exalt a nation and sin can destroy a nation well that gives us a little bit of a mandate for just moving forward in some of the unity that we want to see happen in the country Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm you know i don't have unrealistic hopes about political governments but i do believe when they make statements and they say things and they action we then have authority in the spirit to move in areas that maybe we we couldn't move in before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. cool. That's yes, awesome. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, Michael, we have so enjoyed this time, and I know that you are a busy man and you have lots going on, but thank you for this time that uh, we've been brought together and to hear a little bit of your story can't wait till the day we get to meet you whether it's there or you coming to the u.s and if you do we would love to have you here at our church uh and get to know Absolutely. you better you it would be an honor so if you ever come uh solid rock family church would welcome you uh, to come and minister uh but anyway, we have enjoyed this time, and I know that our listeners has. Also, we would love to come to your country and let you be our tour guide. Is that oh, possible? Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah they, I, I, I'm, I'm more than happy to do it. I'm actually not a, uh, although I often have to speak to tour guides and things like that and have to, you know, and, and, and talk to them about history and some things about the the region but uh, yeah if i can i i would uh, love to I'd well, be maybe, maybe your daughter could take us around <laughs> yeah she would be good as well she's <laughs> a sweetheart good. well we can't yeah. wait to get to uh talk with your wife sometime maybe in the next few months we yes. can talk with her please tell elise thank you for yes. letting you share a bit of your life yes. with us today thank you so much and but before you go michael uh we would like to ask you just to pray uh, for this mm-hmm. podcast, for the people that's listening, whatever mm-hmm. you feel before we go off. Yeah, that'd be great. Amen. So, Avinu Sheva Shaman, our Father in Heaven, we just thank you in the name of your Son Yeshua for the opportunity just to serve you and to connect with um, other followers around the world. Lord, we thank you for the way that you're working at this time it's uh, in a way it's a it's so unprecedented in terms of its uh the, the in a sense the the problems and the difficulties but on the other side that's a time of unparalleled breakthroughs that we're seeing so yeah in a way we're walking into this uh, the best of times and the worst of times and uh, Lord, we, we want to ask you lord as the uh, as people have to discern and they read about what's happening and different parts of the world, especially in the Middle East, that they won't, um, yeah, they won't, their their love will not be grow cold because yes. of the seeming, you know, sort of 
um, uh, abundance of evil, but Lord, they'll be encouraged in their faith to believe that at the at the times of sometimes the weeds are growing up, also the wheat is growing up as yes. well, and it's green. Yes. And so, Lord, we thank you for the promised harvest. We thank mm-hmm. you for uh, what's the the even for we rejoice in even the trials and the difficulties, but because through them we know that you are glorified in that and that you have a purpose and a plan and that you're sovereign over the nations lord we thank you for uh lord for the uh, darlene and their family and their listeners around uh, around the world that we pray that they would continue to pray yes. for the sons of isaac and the sons of ishmael because lord we know that when this problem when there's reconciliation in this part of the world lord it has ramifications for all the nations of the earth and so, Lord, we just bless them and ask that they continue to pray for Israel and the Jewish people because that will mean the blessing for all yes. the nations yes. of the yes. And we pray in your son's name, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you, Michael. Until the next time at the table with Darlene, may the peace of God rule and reign in your hearts. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us today at At The Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At The Table. You can also check us out at darlenerhodes.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At The Table with Darlene.